Hi, and welcome to this Word in Season. Today we'll be hearing from Pastor Justin Naidu from Zoe Community Church in Johannesburg, South Africa. The Bible says God's Word is the seed for a bountiful harvest. We pray that you will flourish as you apply the principles in the Word of God. We have been on the topic of grace technology And I shared with you several weeks ago how there were several prognosticators for success. The first prognosticator years ago was your IQ, then we went on to PQ, then we went on to things like your SQ and your adversity quotient, which is your AQ. And we shared on how the only prognosticator, the only future caster for your success in this 21st century is going to be your ability to hold on to, to absorb and to grab onto the grace of God. So whilst IQ, PQ, SQ, and all of those quotients are important, you need a strong and a high GQ. Whilst the children of God were journeying through the wilderness, God for 40 years would rain down manna from heaven. The word manna simply means, what is this? So when the people saw it, they said, what is this? But some of the Hebrew writers also defined it as, who is this? That's why Jesus would say in John chapter 6, I am the bread that comes down from heaven. Who is this? What is this? As they journeyed, they had manna from heaven and they had water from the rock. So for your journey, even through the toughest of conditions, God has manna and God has water and the manna and the water both point to Christ. I want you to know that God has already prepared a way for us in the wilderness and that is manna from heaven. Many people have not accessed the grace of God. Even though we have acquired a few things, even though we might be successful We still live depressed lives. We still face crisis. Some people can't handle things. Why? Grace deficiency. They have to be speaking to a psychologist. You have to be speaking to a psychiatrist. And that's not bad. Sometimes you need to see them from time to time. But I want you to know that there is something called enabling grace that can give us strength for the journey. 1 Timothy 1 and verse number 12. The Bible says... And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formally, remember this word formally. Let me tell you about the word formally. You are formally from Phoenix. When a wedding invitation was sent out, it would say, Justin Naidu, the son of Mark, the grandson of, formally from, and they must put Reservoir Hills if they lived in Reservoir Hills. But he was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man. That is a rude, arrogant man. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of the Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This man, Paul, received a divine enablement of grace even though he caused the death of so many believers. But the word is enabled. Verse 12 says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me. The word enabled comes from the Greek word endynamo. 
It simply means in, to be fixed and to be placed in. And dynamo means to be strengthened or empowered. So if you have to define the word enabled, it means to be placed in a position of strength and empowerment. When you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, you are placed in Christ. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. And when you are in Christ, you are enabled to do things that are beyond your ability. Christ enables us. The enabling continues as long as you remain in Christ. This is a state and the position of being in Christ. And you are capacitated to live not just as an ordinary human being. You are capacitated to live as a superior human species on the earth as the son of God. Because you are in Christ. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We are enabled because we are in Christ Jesus. Your empowerment, your strength comes from being in Christ. Jesus is full of grace and truth. John 1.14 tells us that. Jesus displayed divine enablement. He is full of grace and truth, but as he lived on the earth, he displayed divine enablement. I don't know what you are struggling with today, but I can tell you something. There's a divine endowment. There's a divine enablement that can help us to deal with even the toughest of situations. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 13 is a very key verse. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So God works in us. God works and strengthens us. God's strength is made perfect in our lives. He empowers you. You become the vessel on the earth through which God wants to accomplish his purposes. In John chapter 15, there is a speaking of the vine and the branch relationship. So for as long as you stay connected to the vine, you are bearing fruit. John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Imagine asking whatever you desire only because you have an abiding, dwelling relationship with the word of God. And John 15 starts off like this. You bear fruit, you bear more fruit, you bear much fruit, and you bear fruit that remains. Fruit, more fruit, much fruit, fruit that remains even after you expire from the earth, fruit remains. As long as there is the vine branch connection, you are enabled to produce. Now if you think it is your strength, it is your IQ, it is your ability. No, I say to you, it is divine enablement that comes through our Lord Jesus Christ. You must condition your mind. It is God who works in us. Both to will and to do. Why? For his good pleasure. That's why David would write, not unto us, not unto us, but to your name be glory. Paul would say, I am what I am by the grace of God. We need divine enablement because demons are, are causing havoc in our homes. Many of you seated here, you have overcome disease because of his divine enablement. 
We overcame addiction because of his enablement grace. You have overcome poverty because of his enablement grace. You are wealthy today because of his divine enablement. You stay married because of divine enablement. If every person who comes to the altar and gets married can realize they need the grace of God to stay married, we'll change the way we live. We cannot lead. We cannot preach. It is God who works in us. Now I'm going to give you five characteristics of divine enablement. The first one is found in Acts 13 and verse number 43. In Acts 13 and verse number 43, the scriptures will speak of Paul and Barnabas who are in this point really gaining momentum with the gospel. And the Jews were coming up in strong opposition to them. The Bible says in verse 43, when the congregation was dismissed, many of the Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas. They are about to be persecuted. Later on, they'll be placed in prison. And the Bible says they talked with them and urged them to continue in the grace of God. Today, I want to encourage you. I want to urge you to continue in the grace of God. Enabling grace comes to give you courage when you are discouraged. There are times when you are so discouraged, but this grace comes to give you strength to continue. They persuaded them to continue, and the scriptures tell us, in the grace of God. Paul was under continual persecutions. And many times in life, we will face all forms of persecution, all kinds of discouragement. But there is divine enablement that comes to you by the grace of God to continue. Oh, you need to be daring. You need to be bold. You need to have fortitude, mental fortitude. It makes you hold on. It makes you push on. Despite the rejection, despite the things that happen at work, even if the promotion didn't come to you and you were treated in a certain way, sometimes even in business, you quote and you don't get the job. You put in the tender and nothing happens. But there is grace, divine enablement that causes you to continue applying. So you keep running. You keep focused. You keep moving forward. You keep your eye on the prize. This determination only comes by divine enablement. Emotionally, you might be traumatized. Physically, you might be weak. Emotionally, your soul might be crushed. Watch King David in Psalm 42 and verse number 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. When the enablement grace of God comes upon you, there is courage to continue. You know, you live in a society that can be very discouraging. We are on stage six load shedding at the moment, and you are discouraged. But I say there's hope for South Africa. You can get courage to hold on. Enabling grace gives you the strength to arise every day and to recognize his mercies are new every morning. 
you know, ministry can be a very discouraging place. You get discouraged, people say things, you got to learn how to receive courage from the Lord. Courage that comes from divine enablement. Suddenly, out of the blue, in the morning when you wake up and you're so discouraged, someone just sends you a message. Hi, pastor, we are praying for you. Or they send you a verse. You receive courage. There was a man in the Bible, his name was Elijah. He was a trans-global prophet. Second to none. Called down fire from heaven. Called down rain from heaven. In 1 Kings chapter 18. But by the time you get to 1 Kings chapter 19. The same man who overcame the prophets of Baal. And had this great victory on Mount Carmel. Is suddenly on the run. From a woman called Jezebel. Men, Jezebel can make you run. 1 Kings 19 verse 4. And this is some of us today. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I am no better than my father's. Here is a man who a few verses earlier was calling rain from heaven. Suddenly, he is having suicidal tendencies. I am no better than my father's. I don't know if any of you have had these moments. Yesterday we dealt with suicide here with all the young adults. It's a difficult, dark moment where you don't feel like pushing on in your journey. Time when you want to give it up. When you feel rejected, dejected, depression. Sometimes there's trauma in your life. And if you are here and you've not suffered trauma in your life, do not judge someone who is going through their trauma. You're going through all this trauma and sometimes you will say, it is even better for me to go God. It's inexplicable when you lose someone you love and suddenly you'll just say, Lord, why don't you just take me? This is what people face every day. Wait, you feel it'll be better for me to die. You know, there are people that, that have been abused in life. Physical abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, going through traumatic situations. And they want to echo the same words as the prophet. It is enough. Lord, take my life. I don't know if you've had those moments. We did a poll here yesterday. It was an anonymous poll. And more than 50% of people that came to the meeting said they had suicidal thoughts. If it can happen to people from the church, if it can happen to Elijah, it can happen to any one of us. But we've got to deal with it. Yes, there is a helpline. Yes, there is pastor. But something happens in verse 5. Some people are facing physical pain in their bodies and they feel it will be better to die. But there's something that will enable you for your journey. 1 Kings 19 verse 5. And as he lay and slept under a broom tree, Suddenly, an angel touched him. This is the messenger of God and said to him, Arise and eat. So he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank 
and lay down again. So the angel came back a second time, touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank. And watch what happened. He went in the strength of that food. 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God, in his distress. God has prepared a table for you. God gives you an angel, a messenger who prepares the bread and prepares the water. That's a picture of the word and the spirit that enables you for your journey. And then you go in that strength, but you have to arise and eat. Your divine enablement is placed. You have to eat. When you eat, something gets added to your life. Come on, I pray this morning as you are eating of the table of the Lord, as you are drinking of the Spirit of God, that suicidal tendencies will leave you. You will find courage to go on in your journey. You can't lose hope. This week we did something in our home. We started reading the Word of God aloud. And I hope that you do that. You've got to rehearse it. You've got to go and proclaim it, remember it, eat it, quote it, speak it over your family, over your life. This is what enables you. This is why sometimes non-Christians will come to you. They will look up to you because you carry something that can empower them. You know, we gather here on Sundays not for inspirational messages, although you might be inspired. Gather here because there's an impartation of grace that can strengthen you for your journey. Maybe you are feeling down today. But let me say this to you today, whilst you're feeling down, there are also people who are far worse than you and I. So you woke up this morning, how many of you had a roof over your head? Had a warm shower? Got clothing on your back? Take courage today that God is with you. Even if you have debt and you have bad debt, you can encourage yourself in the Lord. Even in the most difficult time of your journey, you receive strength like Elijah so you can run and you can finish the course. You can finish your journey. Young people, if you are here, the food is here. Show up, eat. That's why sheep must show up at feeding time. So the first thing you get is you get this courage to push on. Secondly, you get hope. 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 16. The Bible says, may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope. The second thing you get when you get the grace of God, you get hope to be hopeful in the face of despair. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, you all know this, these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, you are in a hopeless state. But hope came to you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Ephesians 2.12 says this, and at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. When you believed in Christ, 
He became our hope. Paul writes to his son in the faith, Timothy. Starts off 1 Timothy 1 and verse 1. He says to Timothy, Paul, an apostle of Christ, by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope. We continue to hope in the Lord. How many of you have hope that Jesus will return? You have hope that you will see your loved ones when we are joined together. Make sure that in every circumstance you have hope because you have the love of the Father in you and love never fails. If the greatest of these is love and you live in the realm of love, then faith and hope become possible. If the greatest of these is love, 1 Corinthians 13, and you live in the realm of love, then faith and hope become possible. There's hope in Christ. No matter how bad the situation is, there is hope. Next thing, number three, when you get grace, you can endure sufferings. Hebrews 2 and verse 9 says, But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Even the Lord Jesus said to the Father, you know what he said to the Father? Father, if it be possible, take this cup away from me. He was going through suffering. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. But he had divine enablement to endure the sufferings and to finish the task. There is a grace that comes upon us to endure whatever you are going through. Some of you are going through a tough time emotionally. But I pray that as you sit under the word of the Lord, let grace come upon you to endure whatever you are going through. I must define sufferings for you. Because if you're a... Gen Z kid, suffering is a very different word. Suffering means you don't have the latest iPhone for some people. Well, we don't know what suffering is here in South Africa. This week I was speaking to Pastor Noah from Zimbabwe. They haven't had running water for five years. So every day they got to wake up, go to a tanker that comes, buy the water, walk back home, And you think taking a bus is hard? There is a grace that allows you to endure sufferings because his grace is sufficient. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 7. Many of you know this verse, but we must read it in its context. In verse number 7, Paul says, And lest I should be exalted above measure, by the abundance of revelations. Paul was caught up into the third heaven and he's saying, I don't want to be exalted above. I don't want to be proud. Then he says, a thorn in the flesh was given to me. A messenger of Satan to buffet me. There again, lest I be exalted above measure. In verse 8, this is what it says. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And this is what the Lord responds. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. You all know this verse. 
For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Here is this man, this great apostle, but he's carrying something. He's carrying a thorn in his flesh. Now, many theologians are debating what is the thorn in his flesh. Some say it was a fleshly indulgence that he was fighting off all the time. Some people say it was a disease. Others say it was an eye condition. Some people say it was the false teachers that were coming up against Paul. Whatever it was, Paul had a thorn in his flesh. How many of you got a thorn in your flesh? Your boss can be a thorn in your flesh. You got a thorn in your flesh. It could be some physical impediment that you have. And every day you wake up and it is there. It is weighing on you. It is a thorn in your flesh. It's a sickness. But the thorn in Paul's flesh kept him humble. Even though he received such great revelation, he was able to speak from the third heaven, but the thorn kept him humble. Lest I be exalted above measure. You know, there are thorns that God is giving some of us to keep us from going into things that are not meant for you. It keeps you from promoting yourself. It keeps you humbling yourself. Three times, there's a man, Paul, who prayed and God answered. Prison doors got open. The snake was shaken off him. Things just happened for Paul. But now he is pleading with God. He's not just praying, he is pleading. This is an earnest prayer. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient. God doesn't take away the thorn, but he says, I'm going to give you grace to live with the thorn in your flesh. Sometimes it could be some distresses that you're going through. He said to me, my grace is sufficient. You know, the grace of God enables your thorn to speak for you. The impediment that you have can become the tool for the gospel. Paul did not argue this matter with God any further. He did not become bitter with God. Paul was able to understand that God could use the impediment for his glory. Therefore, he says, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon you. Paul is saying, I'm going to continue to carry this thorn in my flesh because the grace of God is upon me. He says, I take pleasure in infirmities. I take pleasure in reproaches, in needs. If you have a need, take pleasure in the need. Take pleasure in your persecution, in your distresses, in your infirmity. Why should you take pleasure? Because when I am weak, then I am strong. We are enabled by the grace of God to push on. Next one, number four. The grace of God enables us to be strong. 2 Timothy 2.1, Paul says to Timothy, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Warren W. Wisber wrote a book titled, Be Strong. There is a grace that enables us to be strong even when we are weak. Proverbs 24.10 says this, If you faint in the day of your adversity, 
your strength is small. How can we run with horses if we have not run with footmen? Basically saying, if you can't run on the low-lying plains, how will you run at high altitude? If you cannot pray when God has been good to you, how can you pray when you are in distresses? If you cannot deal with your personal demons, how will you deal with national demons? If you faint in the day of your adversity, your strength is small. So increase your grace quotient so you can stand in the times of weakness. This is when I say I am strong. Joel 3.10 says this. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say I am strong. The implements of your trade become the tools for warfare. You are using your trade now to do warfare in the kingdom of God. The systems of this world want to make you weak. But grace comes upon you to beat your plowshare into a sword. And to use your pruning hook as a spear. And the weak says, I am strong. Last one. Divine enablement comes upon you to serve. So few people love to serve today. Why? No grace to do it. Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Grace enables you to serve him with reverence. There was a man in the Bible, his name was Moses. Moses was a stammerer. Moses had a speech impediment. Moses was a murderer. Moses was a fugitive. But God meets him. And when grace comes upon you, you can no longer be defined by your past. In Exodus chapter 3 and verse 12, this is what God says to Moses. I will certainly be with you. That means the fullness of my grace will go with you and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought all the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. You are enabled for service in the kingdom of God. Paul was a wise master builder because he built according to the grace of God that God had given to him. Whilst you have a talent, it is God who works in us to will and to do. See, you can sing, and I can sing as an anointed singer. Or I can sing as a performer. I can preach as an entertainer. Or I can preach to impart grace to you. Sometimes we want to serve without the grace of God. We become the one he uses. However, when we serve because we want the applause of men, we abandon the grace of God. There is a grace to serve God fearfully. My father said to me just a few months before he passed away that every time he used to take the mic to preach, although he was doing it for more than 30, 35 years, he would say to me, there was a turning in his tummy before every sermon. And he said to me, son, the day you lose that feeling, then you must stop preaching. 
This is not the fear of men, but the reverential awe of God. Whatever you are doing, we don't want to serve our own interest. We don't want to add it to our CV, serving in certain church. You're doing something just to say we have done it. Grace enables you to serve God and you will love what you do. You will come early. You will leave late. You don't become despondent. People will be people. They'll be rude to you. They'll say things to you. But you are serving. If you want to serve the purposes of God, you cannot be disappointed by the responses of people. A lot of people get disappointed. Hey, you're serving God. It is God who enables you to serve him. Grace enables you to serve. When you are called to service in the body of Christ, you realize that you can't do it, but he enables you. Tomorrow when you go to work, whether you're the CEO, whatever O you are, the janitor, grace must enable you. Frustration mustn't grip you. Get over the small stuff at home. Serve one another at home. I want to close with 2 Timothy 4, verse 7 and 8. Everybody knows this verse. This man is writing this three and a half years before he died. And that's so prophetic because Jesus was only on the earth for three and a half years. And he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness. The crown of righteousness will not come upon you if you don't know how to run the race, fight the fight, keep the faith all the time with a thorn in your flesh. He did it with a thorn in his flesh. Why? How? Divine enablement. I pray today that you will have hope. The grace of God will come upon you to have hope in despair. To have courage when you are discouraged. To endure suffering. Grace allows you to do that. Enables you to serve. And grace will come upon you to be strong. How many times Joshua was reminded, be strong, be strong. Be of good courage. If we faint in the day of adversity, our strength is small. I pray this morning you will arise above every circumstance. Oh, hallelujah. It's been so great having you with us. If you'd like to access any of our free resources, get more information, or sow a seed into our ministry, please visit our website on www.lifecom.co.za. That's www.lifecom.co.za. You can also subscribe to Pastor Justin Naidu on YouTube or find Zoe Community on Facebook and Instagram. Grace and blessings to you.